Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vitology Podcast. Ryan, it's so good to sit in this room with you again. It is. It, it feels like it's been a while. It has been a while. And that's because it has. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Indeed. And and uh, welcome to anybody joining us. Uh, and we're uh, we're very sorry, at least I am, that we, we couldn't do this uh, over the last couple weeks. It's just been busy, and uh, but we're so glad to be back. In fact, I think we're we're on a, a schedule, and uh, hopefully this can be a more regular time for us. And and so if you're joining us, you know, on on our podcast feed, you found us. Way to go! But uh, we do this live um, on Thursdays, and we we it's it's on Facebook. And sorry, this is a Wednesday, not a Thursday. Yeah, yeah. And this is Wednesday, Wednesday at three o'clock, and uh, <laughs> we do this live. We're on Facebook and YouTube. You can join the conversation there, but you can always listen in on the podcast feed or afterwards on. Any either way of your platforms yes. yeah we yeah. we are uh, excited to interact with you either way that's right yep. that's right and so uh we are we're going to be joining in oh wait, here's the moment oh uh, we have opened bubbly. we've opened the boats oh, bubbly today all right michael buble michael buble this this podcast sponsored by um you know this this is a place where uh, really i mean we're, we're wanting to talk about life Right. That's why the, the name Vitology, uh, it really is a study of life. And uh, it's kind of a fun way to talk about this idea that that Jesus is the source of life. Mm -hmm. And so, OK, we we believe that that the way to true life, the way to live life to the full is through Jesus. And so uh, we want to talk about anything, anything that you want to talk about. But we're going to use the sermons uh, from the past week, or in this case, maybe weeks even, we can kind of sure. take a look at what we've gone through uh, to kind of be a launching pad. But as always, we love, love your questions, your comments. So join in and say hello. Irene just says, ha ha. See, we will involve you if it makes sense. That doesn't make sense, Irene. But you know what? We're going to say hello to you We're since with, you yeah. joined on. Yes. That's yes. awesome. Um, but I'm glad she thinks one of us is funny. You. Me? Okay, probably. Sure. Maybe I'm sure. Um, she's just mocking us. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't good. know. But um, yeah. So Ryan, we've been in a a new series. Started a new series. Yeah. yeah. So I think we probably the last one of these we did was during our road trip playlist yes, series. That's right. Which, by the way, I've had a number of people say that they just really loved that series. So. Maybe there's a number of people that said they really didn't, but they didn't tell me. So, um, no, I'm, yeah. I, uh, it seems like God really used that series to help shape, um, just a vision for discipleship in various different, uh, ways. And, um, it, it ended up being a really fun yeah. series to teach. So it, I don't know really... if you felt the same way about the ones you did. Oh, I absolutely yeah. did. I absolutely did. It was a fun series teaching the Psalms. It was just, it was fun as, as preachers to kind of tackle those, you know, in a unique way, you've got this, you've got this piece of literature that is all encompassing, right? It doesn't rely on anything else in, in, in you know, at least not uh, directly. Um, and so you can kind of tackle the whole thing and try to communicate what it's about. Yeah. I really, I really like yeah. that. It was fun to try to weave songs in, you know, to yes, that was cool. say like, Hey, we still write songs about these types of things. And yeah, anyway, I um, I it. It, it was a fun series. So, I but we're on to uh, a series on mission and vision sort of fall. And, and oftentimes churches will do series is like that. And, and so our series is called, this is us. And we are exploring just who we are as a church, where we sense God leading us and, we are attempting to sort of answer this phrase, we are a blank, or mm -hmm. we are blank, and each of the next, um, well, seven weeks total. So we've got five left. All right. All right. And uh, this is us. It has nothing to do with the uh, the coming of age show about people turning 40. Is there a show? Isn't it called This Is Us? There's is no there? show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes there is at least i mean my my wife loves that show all right so that was one like the first season of that i felt like okay this is this is good and then season two they totally lost me uh, oh, yes. they lost me yes but, i yes i i quickly yeah i, I quickly say i mean was lost by it beth loves it um those kind of shows tend to be like emotional 
Like they're just, they grip you and they try to get you to be emotional. And I was like, no, not going to happen. Not going to get me. Yeah. This one didn't work. Now the others have, I've been sucked into such type of shows. Okay. I am not beyond them. I, you know, just this one, just this one was not Didn't doing it for yet. me. No, yeah, yeah, no. So, okay. So this, if we come to church, we're, we shouldn't expect that. Don't expect that. Okay. This is more about who we are as a church. And really, I do want to answer the question. Why does the church exist? What, what is the church here for? And what does it look like to live into the mission that Jesus has given his church? Got it. I love it. I love it. And, uh, and so, well, that, that was one of the topics, that right? It was, that was the topic of the first the week. Perfect. And, you know, and during that time, we essentially said, you know, the church, um, the the mission has a church. The church doesn't have a mission, yeah. meaning that the mission preceded the church. Yep. The church is here to execute the mission, not to try to figure out what the mission is. Yeah. 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 And I love that. I love that concept because it it tells us that that we have something um, more important to be about than just um, propagating our own thing. Right. Right. Um, right. And, and and yet kind of one of the cool things is that the mission is in a sense to build his church. Yeah. Right. It's just that not to build this local one necessarily. I mean, not yeah, just not, that. not only, oh, not, only right? not, not yeah. to the exclusion of others. And yet in our world, so much tends to be about like my thing and that I've got it right. That we're the, you know, the only ones doing it this right. And, and, uh, and we're not necessarily saying that, right? No, we're definitely not. No. And, you know, and, and we said our mission is to be sent. We are sent as as the Father sent Jesus. And so we're we're sent to live in his way with his heart. So we wanted to, that first week, just sort of reframe this idea to say, gosh, our the purpose of the existence of the church, and, and I would even argue us as human beings, is to live in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus to ha to take on the actions of Jesus and the attitude of Jesus yeah. um, and that his kingdom might come and his will might be done on earth as it is in heaven. I, I just, I just love it. And that, that actually is something at the same time we've kind of launched as, as our, uh, we rolled this out as our church mission. Yeah. Right. You want yeah. to tell us a little bit about that? In fact, can you, could you do this, I want to give a little history, a little bit about where we've been, and I'm going to turn it over to you because it's really hot in this room. I'm going to turn on air conditioning. Okay. Can yeah. I, <laughs> you guys were just, I thought I'd about it, sneaking away and it, doing that, but no, I'm just going to be honest with you. It is a little bit of a We're going to get a little warm, right? Yeah, it, this yeah. is going to get ugly if yeah. I don't go turn it on. So you tell us a little bit about the history of this. And yeah. <laughs> so our, um, our mission statement, see you, Josh, um, was honoring God by living like Jesus, which is a, a great mission statement. And what we decided to do is try to say, okay, what? how can we phrase this in a fresh way um, that would really invite people into it um, again? And um, so our way of saying honoring God by living like Jesus is living in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus. And um, I love that that our mission is distinctly about Jesus. And it's about how, how are we conformed into his image and then um, challenged to live out his message. Mm -hmm. So that's, mm -hmm. I, I really like that. And yeah. that's, that's what, I mean, our church has always been, uh, totally. It's always been about Jesus, right? Yeah. The thing I love about this is it's, it's really just rephrasing what mm -hmm. we've circled around for many years. Yeah. 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 Cause it's, uh, I, I mean, living like Jesus is what we've said. I mean, we have, we have stickers, some of, some of the Emmanuel faith people, people have stickers, yeah, those blue and white you know, stickers, blue and like right. Jesus, like Jesus. Right. Yep. And, uh, um, and that, that's great. But, but to, to really live like Jesus, you've, you've got to take on his heart as well. Yeah. Because otherwise it, it can be just an outward thing. Right. And like we want doing to, we, the outward stuff. Yeah, yeah. We want to guard against that. Absolutely. Um, and we've always wanted to, uh, but this is of I course, think, a yeah. very clear way of, of saying that. And it, I, it's just, I think it's a compelling way. Yeah. of saying that so so um that you'll hear a lot of and uh you'll hear that in this in this message um tell us about the um uh we've got our our mission statement but then the, the vision oh yeah the vision statement is to be a community of disciples so we we wanted to weave in uh great commission language right mm -hmm. so go therefore into all the nations and make disciples um, we wanted to weave that in there. So we want to be a community of disciples who partner with Jesus to bring about renewal in Escondido, North County, 
and to the ends of the earth. And the two things in there that are just so exciting for me, number one is to partner with Jesus. I mm -hmm. love that idea because um, wherever we go, Jesus is already there. Hmm. Um, whoever we long to see brought into the kingdom of God, Jesus is already working yeah, in their heart. Um, and, uh, you know, we used to think that missions was about, not we, but people used to frame missions as uh, we're going to bring Jesus somewhere. Yeah. And I think there's this recognition <laughs> that, no, they're like, he, he is at work. He is drawing yeah. people and we just get to partner with him. And I think that puts us in our rightful place and yeah. it puts him in his. He's already there. He's already doing the heavy work lifting and we just get to come alongside of what he's already doing. Yeah. Um, and what is he doing? Um, he's bringing about renewal. So um, like renewal, awakening people spiritually for the very first time. So seeing people come to faith in Jesus, renewal of marriages, renewal in um, even just social issues yeah. that we see going on. And we believe that Jesus is at work in all these different corners of society, in your workplace, in your home. And, um, and so it's exciting to start to imagine, all right, Jesus, how might you be inviting us to partner with you in government? in mm. healthcare, mm. in, um, in AA meetings, in just all these little nooks of society to go, all right, Lord, how can we partner with you to bring about renewal? Because we, we know that that's where the story is ultimately leading. Uh, Jesus yeah. says in Revelation chapter 21, verse five, behold, I am making all things new. And I love that he doesn't say I'm making all new things. Yes, He's actually bringing about renewal uh, from, from that, which is broken and sick and, um, and pain. And he, he's bringing life out of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I think there's so much, there's so much hope in that for, for everything, for all of the brokenness in our world Yeah, that it's going to be new. Um, that's a, that's a beautiful way to put it. And, uh, and I'm seeing hello to everybody out there. I'm seeing some hearts from Deborah and Michelle and Jessica agrees and has got an amen there. You guys, um, thank you for joining in everybody. Um, but we say, we, we clearly are saying this is, this is, that's a vision we can get behind yeah. of, of renewal. And it's an invitation as well to join in. Oh, totally. in that in that vision mm -hmm. and so um so that's what you're a part of even by kind of joining in today and um that's what that's what this is all about yep yeah so that's really cool and so um we that was i mean that that's you're you're unfolding that and and i mean i've noticed you're you're making that it's in you know every sermon so far yes. as you know in a way to to kind of get this in our minds right but we really started with the the mission Yep. And then uh, we went to this idea that we are a hospital. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that was that was last week. Um, and uh, that's what that's really what we want to talk about today. Uh, mm -hmm. You said uh, a, a great a great statement, like you said in the sermon, I think um, it's hard to know who said this first. Yeah. Right. That that uh, yeah, that it's, it's like, better to be a hospital. Right. For sinners. Yep. Not better to be. How do you put it? What yeah, do you say? We, we are a hospital we are. for sinners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're a hospital for sinners. Not a museum for saints. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I think it's a, it's a great way to put it because often people, I think sometimes people look at church, even some churches more than others and they see a museum. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe even our church, um, you know, a year ago yeah. <laughs> looked yeah. a little bit more like a museum. Yeah. A, a one in under repair. Under repair. Yeah. 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 Well, a year and a half ago, yeah. I'd say <laughs> that's what I mean. I saw a picture the other day. Um, I saw a picture uh, of, of our old sanctuary. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, which, which has been redone. If you haven't been, of course, you know, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful now. Um, <laughs> and I saw it and I thought, wow, it looks really, it looks really old. Yeah. It looked kind of like a museum. It, no, and I, I'm joking. It wasn't that bad, but um, some churches in particular look very old. There's some beauty in that. There's some there great is. things, Yeah, but it's kind of like a, a place where you go and look around. Um, I've, you know, if you travel the world, I've been to England and places like that where you go in these old, old churches and you look around and you visit them as you would a museum. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think of church that way. Yeah. And I mean, like, so, you know, I got one email from a guy that said, oh, you know, we're not, 
a museum isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? Like you want to look back at the past and remember the past. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, maybe like an absolute statement. We are this, we are not that, um, maybe is deserved a little bit more nuance. Um, but, uh, I think, you know, that was all riffing off of what Jesus said when Mm -hmm. he said, um, those who are well have no need of a physician. Like Hmm. those who feel good don't need a doctor. Hmm. And he said, I came to call the right, not to call the righteous, but to call sinners. Mm. And so this whole idea of if we're sent in the same way Jesus was sent and Jesus said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners, then uh, as Jesus followers, we, we should embrace that same type of a mission, you know, to say, okay, our mission also isn't going to just be to gather people who have it all together, but it's going to be to pursue people who are broken and hurting because Uh, that's what Jesus has done for us. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's, um, I did a, a, a lot of study on this, that verse specifically, and there's a lot of debate about what is Jesus saying, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, is he saying, um, there are some who are righteous uh, or is it sort of tongue I in cheek? I think it's tongue in cheek. Yeah. Like he has the, uh, Pharisees around, around yeah. him. And, and I think he goes, you guys, you don't have a need for me. You've quote unquote, got it all together. Yeah. Like you've got your religious system and you're executing it fine. And you've got no place for me. You've got no need for me. And so by all means take it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, um, uh, like C.S. Lewis would say, those are really the only people that end up in hell are people that would go, got no space for you. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, I think Lewis's phrase was that God is a gentleman, right? Like he doesn't force himself on anyone. Yes. And he'll give you what you want. He'll give you what you want in the end. Yeah. 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 And so um, this, it was a, yeah, we are a hospital. And this not so subtle reminder, and we all need a hospital, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And we're not the great physician, but Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And our job is to is to somehow get people to the feet of Jesus because we believe if they see Jesus, they'll be changed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I love that. I mean, see, because we all come in, we all come in as as sinners. Now, as soon as we interact with Jesus, as soon as he he comes in and changes us, we we become saints even when we don't feel like it. Right. So so the fact is that uh, there's there's a there's a leveling factor there that no matter um, who you are, no matter how good you are on the outside. Right. How Mm -hmm. righteous you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm doing air quotes for the podcast, by the way. Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, You know, that's not a thing that uh, that's that's not a thing that matters because because we've all sinned. And as the as the Bible puts it, we've fallen short of the glory of God. Right. So no matter how far we've fallen, um, it's still short. Right. And so that's yeah. this leveling factor. Um, no matter who you are, we all need a hospital right. in that way. And so um, knowing that church is a place where you can, where we come to for help. Yeah. Right. We don't come to show off how good we are. Right. As if, as if the museum, hey, look at me. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's almost, maybe not a museum, but like a, a place to show off. I don't know, like a, what's the, what, there's nothing like that in the world. I'm actually just going to stop talking now. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking you were going to go with like uh, something like a Hall of Fame. Yeah, Hall of Fame maybe. Like yeah, but or, they're usually not in the room. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Where, that's true. No, they're not. Where yeah. you go to be seen. A place where you go to be seen. Like, all right. So, um, although people do that. People for sure do that. Like, yeah. I don't want to miss church because then, you know, I, and I can't, if I sit down front, I'm going to I'm going to make sure I'm known. I've known let's, many people. Let's not bash on the front row sitters. <laughs> no, I'm not. Like I I I just want you to know if you're a front row sitter and you're out there, I love you. Oh, absolutely. Every preacher loves the front row sitters. They have a special place in our heart. Yes. I am one of you. I see you. I am with you and I love you. Yes. Thank you. And what I'm what I'm bashing <laughs> is those who sit down the front for a very specific reason, because I, I've known some people, um, and even here at this church, who who don't come all that often, 
but when they do, oh, they choose a, a very prime spot, and they make sure to come down and talk to the pastor. I'm still okay with it. I'm still and, okay and, with you know, it. <laughs> but it's as if to say, as if to say, like, remember, I'm here. You know, oh, I was, oh, gotta, I was here. You got to put Michelle Keller. What does she say here? Oh, great. Come on now, put um, it up there. Long leg club. Okay. Oh wait. If you have a belly button, no, 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 leg long club. You like that? I like that. Yeah. So, so Michelle, she, she's sitting in the front. She's like, she, she is a Michelle and Chris front row. Sitters. Yes, front I get row, that. Second row sitters. I get know? that. Love There's it. A long Love leg it. club. Long leg the club. Lounge. Yes. To be able to lean back and take it all in. No, nothing wrong with front row. I'm just saying the. uh being there to be seen right yeah that, there you go. and to, yeah. to say i'm a good person yep. and and oftentimes they want the pastor to notice right now and, and i get there's all sorts of other things going on too but um some deep down in people's um brains maybe in their upbringing it's as if they want the pastor to to like notice so that maybe we'll tell god Maybe maybe we'll be like, hey God, remember that person because I saw them at church, and I don't know that it works that way. <laughs> no, I'm sure it doesn't. I'm with you on that. So you know, you know, it happens. Um, but okay, um, we're not a we're not a museum. We're yeah. a place to find help. Yeah, exactly. And and that's that's key, right? So it's not just a place to come and bleed out, right? It's a, <laughs> it's also a place to <laughs> be good. made whole and to be restored. And so that we camped out in the story in Mark chapter two. It's one of my favorite stories in the gospels. It has cool been story. for, um, ever since like, you know, my young life days, I love this story, mm -hmm. but I, I, one of the, a few things that struck me just different this time were, um, I use this analogy of, um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs yes, and, um, the way that he developed that, that hierarchical pyramid, right. To say, and, and his thesis was, in order to climb that pyramid, the base levels yeah, have to be yeah. met. The base needs have to be met. And um, I just wanted to remind us as a church, because we know this, but to remind us that forgiveness is base level for Jesus. Like, there's no, is. there is no spiritual growth beyond forgiveness um, that, or that, that can happen without forgiveness, right? That yeah. has to be in place in order for us to become children of God, mm -hmm, in order for mm -hmm. us to become the people that God designed us to be, we, we have to receive the forgiveness that he's offering. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. he said that, that spiritual renewal comes through forgiveness. It's foundational. Yeah. yeah. That's a great, that's a great observation about it, that, that, uh, he recognizes, yeah, because clearly he recognized that, that he, he this guy had needs, mm -hmm. but it's kind of a unique thing. He doesn't, that's not the first thing he sees about somebody, right. which Actually, it's that a has point. a lot to see, say about uh, just the way he sees people is that he didn't see a cripple, hmm. yeah. you know, um, oh, that's, that's another. I mean, this is a side point, I guess, to what you're saying. But um, he came in and just saw another person that needs the same thing we all need. Yeah. He saw another person needs a hospital. It wasn't like he was the only one who needs a hospital. Right. But everyone does. Yep. And it's as if that was Jesus's baseline of like you need forgiveness. Right. That's really why I'm here. That's the main reason. Now I'm going to offer you some, some of these other things. Yeah. But that's where my real healing is. Yep. That's where the real power is. And I, I, I didn't have time to chase this rabbit trail. Um, I think I, we could probably do like a whole message on it, but I think there are, there are times when we come to God and maybe even to church with, um, uh, presenting symptoms if you will, mm. like this, God, this is what I need you to do. God, this is the problem that's going on in my life. God, this is the pain or this is mm -hmm. the hurt that I'm, that I'm dealing with. And I want you to speak to it and I want you to, to touch it. And, um, I wonder if there are times where we miss the deeper work because we're so fixated on the presenting symptoms. Hmm. And I wonder if there's things that God wants to do in our heart mm. um and our life oh, wow. that maybe if we just came more open um rather than with an agenda at times at least this is how i like huh. this is what i sense god saying to me ryan sometimes you come with an agenda hmm. and you're like here's what i want you to do and at times there are bigger things i want to do 
deeper yeah. things, like things that you're maybe not even aware of yeah. yet. Will you let me do those things also? Will hmm. you invite me into those places also? So hmm. that was one of the things that if I, you one one like one fun project, like if I like, um, I got the chance to teach uh, a preaching class at Denver Seminary for a little while. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I want, I want to do with students at some point in teaching is to give them a text like this and say, all right, I want, I'm going to give you four weeks and I want you to preach a different sermon <laughs> on this passage for four weeks in a row. Oh, that's cool. And, but, cause I think that could be like a whole sermon, right? Like oh, how do we come absolutely. to Jesus? Yeah. Anyway. Well, that, yeah. There's and and that's so true. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a that would that would be fun. We should do a series like that. Oh my word! Ah, That'd where really we take fun. the same passage and teach it. Yeah. Oh, different way. That's really that would be really interesting. What What do you guys think? I mean, is that something you would like to hear? I really think that would be cool. Um, I'd, we're I'd, just, we're just nerdy enough. I, so, like, people are like, <laughs> please don't. And, and it shows the it shows the. I mean, this is why scripture is still talked it's about. The, it's right. It's like peeling an onion. Yes. Oh, there's more there. There's more there. there yes. There's, oh, there's a hyperlink here to this yes. passage or this idea. And I, I think it would be, yeah. I, I would love to do it. And that's why you can, you can read. This is why we have multiple commentaries, <laughs> you know, because um, everybody looks at this passage and sees something different. And so this is why it's helpful to read, you know, two, three, four, five, six different ones. And oftentimes you'll see different things. Mm -hmm. People will notice different things. And that's almost like a different sermon each time. Because you could do it from, you could do um, a message from the crowd's perspective. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, oh, yeah. Like going, gosh, I wish I would have done that instead of yeah. just listening or whatever. Um, you could do it from the friend's perspective, from Jesus, from the man's yeah. perspective. I mean, even just in looking at it from the different perspectives of people within the story. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a yeah. really cool idea. So, okay, Michelle. She's in. She's in. She's in. She's in. And she's there. She got, I think the that's I think her nerd. thing that's got the nerd, nerd glasses, glasses on. Way yep. to go. Way Love to go. It. Love it. Um we're uh, we're with you, uh, Michelle. That's cool. Um and so um but here's the this is where Jesus sees something different. Um, and, and I love that idea that we come with something presented because sure enough, he came with a clear presenting issue. Yeah. Right. And uh, and yet he still says this is this is what you really need. Yeah. It's it's the need under the need he's yeah. getting at. And and yet he's also doing something really unique with the, the people there mm -hmm. as well. Right. He's he's uh, he's declaring something to the people that. You could say and get away with it in some sense, right? Sure. I mean, and, you know, as if like in a spiritual sense, um, you know, someone, anyone could just say, oh, your sins are forgiven. Now, you get in trouble for saying that in those days, especially. He did. He did. They, right? very, they caught very clearly what he was doing. Right? Yes. He's, he's claiming to be God. Yes, exactly. And, but that's a statement that can't be verified. Well, um, he had... Uh, he verifies it or attempts to verify it based on the healing. Exactly. Right? Exactly. That's the point. So he ties that healing directly to yes. so that you may know. Exactly. Because, and see, that's what I think that's what, that's another part that's going on here is that, that Jesus makes this bold, audacious claim. Yeah. But it's a claim that has no evidence to it. Right. So how do you know? How do you know? Exactly. Right? Yeah. And yeah. is this just some, is this just some, you know, wacko who's going around declaring that he's like god and right. and they have no i mean unless they've been walking with him unless they've been journeying with him and seeing other miracles they don't necessarily know that that's true and so one of the things jesus is doing here is actually kind of validating his ministry yeah. he's validating the fact that he is the person who can right. forgive sins and he's he he starts using this moniker, the son of man in yes. this text. Oh, is that the beginning? And um, so it's a Daniel, it's a reference to Daniel mm -hmm. seven uh, chapter, uh, Daniel chapter seven, I believe it's th verses 13 and 14, where Daniel paints this um, sort of apocalyptic vision of the Messiah who would be ruler over 
the, the entire cosmos, mm -hmm. right? And this uh, this person that comes into the throne room mm -hmm. uh, along with God and mm -hmm. rules with with God. And um, we know that now to be Jesus. And mm -hmm. Jesus starts to use that term. So even to say that the son of man, uh, everybody's going, oh, you, you, you can't do that. That's uh, We know what you're doing there. That's Daniel's term for the yeah. Messiah. And if you're going to say that, you better prove it yes. to your point, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's that's what he does next. Because clearly, I mean, he says, he even asked the question, what what's easier to say, right? Yeah. Your sins are forgiven or get up and walk. And, uh, and you know, that that's one of those things that the man who has been, uh, you know, who's paralytic or, you know, he's, he's been paralyzed, right? Um, he lives with this. He has to be lowered down on a mat, which that would be a whole another fun thing to talk about the logistics of it. I like how he's, maybe they just threw him in. You know? I if he's going to heal him. It's gonna heal. Him. I know. Might as well heal more of them because you know. Or was it so crowded that it was just like crowd surfing? Yeah. Oh, there you go. I don't know. I don't know. That's good. I like that. I, I like that. I, I've always wondered if they strapped him in and had to like lower him this way instead of straight down. I've always seen the pictures, right? What where I, it's straight down like this, but that's a big hole. It is. One of the things I heard. One of the things I read as I was, you know, nerding out yeah, on yeah, yeah. first century Palestinian architecture, right? Was that probably their their um, ceilings were a lot lower. Uh -huh. And so okay. when they cut a hole in the roof, there probably wasn't all that far to lower him in. And that they probably people probably could have legitimately reached, reached up, up and yeah. Um and, and yeah and grab yeah sure. So but sure. just the idea of like it is sort of, such a it's such a unique story for that reason. It I mean, is. This is I, I do. There's so much imagery in this, and and a lot of question marks of how in the world, why? I mean, did people think that was strange? Yeah. Or was this just done? You know. Yeah. Like, um, and then had, what about the bill later for fixing the roof? You I know? had somebody <laughs> email me. I loved this. This is one of my favorite emails I got this week. <laughs> somebody from our church body that said, "You know, Ryan, um, at." <laughs> At my age, I'm not really able to carry a corner of the mat anymore, but I can't help pay for the roof repair. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it uh, takes all kinds, man. It takes, it's the body does, of Christ at work. Does that person so, know that we're that. beginning a project to that. repair the roof there of the go. sanctuary? Yeah. I mean, the roof you... was dri dripping <laughs> on, on Sunday. So, okay, yeah, okay. Thanks. So, there you go. Wow. That's why you Isn't preach this sermon because, no, that's I'm just right. No. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do but, think yeah. that, that, like, Jesus just cutting straight through it to yeah. forgiveness and, um, like I, we we spent a lot of time in the message. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it or watch it if you mm -hmm, haven't, because mm -hmm. we did our best to try to give a theological answer to why does Jesus say your sins are forgiven? Why mm -hmm. is that the in in Jesus's yeah. hierarchy of needs? Why is that foundational? Why mm -hmm. why don't you um, why 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 doesn't it make sense to move up that ladder without first resolving that? And mm -hmm. we said essentially because uh, sin is a reality and sin is destructive and all of us have sinned and the way that god deals with our sin problem is through, through forgiveness he doesn't ignore it he doesn't um he doesn't minimize it mm -hmm. he he forgives it which literally means to take it away or to remove it and the way that god takes it away is by taking it upon himself mm. and um so I don't know if it's original to me but I think it is I, I didn't read it anywhere else but I said I, I sort of came up with this like how do, how do I view that? What does that mean? And for some reason, my mind was taken to the first law of thermodynamics that mm -hmm. energy isn't destroyed. Um, it's transferred. Yeah. And so I, I, I suggested that sin works that same way in that, like, um, in order to resolve the sin problem, Jesus has, it, it has to be transferred. Huh. It can't just be destroyed from a distance it has to be destroyed by jesus personally by by taking it upon himself and um and so jesus takes our sin hmm. um, he is our substitute he carries that he bears the penalty of sin yeah. which is death in yeah. his body and the curse of sin and um and and so then uh because he takes sin away forgives sin um our debt is canceled 
our guilt is removed um, and sin's power is uh, released mm. so, from our life. Mm-hmm. And we call that good news. Yeah. That's good news. Oh, that, that, that definitely is good news. And, and yet this brings up, oh man, this brings up so much. And how much time yeah. do we have? Go, we have let, we have some time. Yeah, we do. We have Let's a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, this what, brings what so much bring because up? yeah. Well, this this uh, really the, uh, the question becomes what you know what happens with that sin. How so? It's it's being put on Jesus somehow. Um, you you kind of reference the I think um, uh, well, the reformers called it the great um, great exchange exchange. That's it, which is a, a theological concept that called. Um, well, there's a there's an idea yeah. um, that that is called uh, double imputation. Yep. Right. So Jesus has his righteousness. Okay. We have our sin. Yeah. So on on one side, our sin is imputed to Jesus, and Jesus's in, uh, righteousness is imputed to us. Yes. Right. That's the concept of double imputation. Now, some people kind of talk about it as you know just imputation one way or the other. Mm -hmm. um, and some call it double. The, the reformers in particular in that reference is kind of talking about the the two-way um, where this happens to us. And, yep. and uh, while some of that, so this is, this is one, one of the things I'd, I'd say, each, anytime we do this, even those, the guilt, the, the shame, the, the sin, all those things are, um, are big concepts that oh. that it's it's it can be difficult to to put into like a, a um, one clear analogy, right? Because that's why the Bible uses so many different analogies for this. There's and something bigger going on in stories. I mean, even I think I probably spent I don't know at least ten minutes on on oh, yeah. that section in the sermon, um, and I just felt like. I'm just scratching the surface. <laughs> oh, totally. Here. Yeah. But I, I think this idea of um, double imputation. So the way I wrote it was the reform after quoting second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21, I said, the reformers rightly called this the great exchange. It is. That's what forgiveness entails, a transferring of our sin and debt to Jesus's ledger and a transfer of his perfection and holiness to ours. And, um, while I don't think that the courtroom, uh, you know, that legislative setting mm -hmm. is is always the best for mm -hmm. presentation of the gospel, I do think it's one of the primary ways that mm -hmm. the scriptures unpack what it means to be made right and to be made holy um, uh, it, with God, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. back to right relationship with God. So um, I decided to lean into that there. Mm -hmm. And... Um, there's a number of other ways to look at it as well, but that is one of yes. them. And, it, and yes. I think in our, you know, in our society that is um, built on guilt, innocence, and, and not necessarily as much honor, shame, honor, shame. and yeah. um, that, that it's a helpful image for many in our yeah. culture. Yeah. And so, and I know that would be something, uh, I mean, in, in talking before, that's, that's one of many, um, ways to look at it, but it's, it's got some, it's got some problems, doesn't it? I mean, there's some, there's some, anytime we, we pick one of these concepts and kind of nail down into it too far, you, you start going into places that, that you're not supposed to go. I think I would you, say you can get there. You can yeah. get there very quick. And I think in some of the reformed traditions can, can go there. So, cause here's, I think some of the reasoning um, that gets a little bit wonky mm -hmm. <laughs> in that, right? Because because one thing is, um, I mean, and I, this is one of those things that's hard to answer. How and what does it even look like for someone that that didn't that didn't sin, Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. How in the world does he take on all of my sin? And you know, what if he? <laughs> um, this is. What does that even mean? Is that even fair? It's definitely not fair for fair, Jesus. No. I, no, no. no, no. Um, and he doesn't take on, or does he take on everyone's sin or just the ones who believe in him? You know, this is where, and this is where you get into all the, all the, the arguments yeah. are right here. <laughs> yeah. So for those who are going, what are they talking what are they about? Talking? Essentially, 
um, we're we're sort of talking about this idea of substitutionary atonement, right? That would be one of the technical terms for um, for the discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the how does how does that the mechanics of how that happens? Um, I don't know, but I, I like believe that, that it, that's okay. I though. believe that's that uh, it did. Yeah. And um, so here's what the Apostle Paul would say: Galatians chapter three, verse thirteen. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Yeah. For it's written, "Curses everybody that hangs, everyone that hangs on a tree." And he goes on to say, so that. In Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Yeah. So he, he's saying he became the curse for us. Um, it, later on in Second Corinthians, he's, he says he became sin for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are the images that the early church would have said, yeah, mm-hmm. this, is, this is Jesus taking the punishment of sin on his shoulders, the mm-hmm. curse of sin, mm-hmm. death that sin deserved on himself that we might become the righteousness of God or that we might receive the promised spirit through faith or that we might, you know, um, in the language of John chapter three, verse 16, not perish, yeah. but have everlasting life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, it was in a, you know, in 10 minutes, like you said, or whatever that was in a relatively short time, it was a, it was a very well done and succinct. It was dense. Uh, and dense. I felt like it was more, which is fine. I think there's a time and a place for that. this. There's more teaching than preaching at times. Um, we we and, need that. Yeah, we I need that. I think it's it's helpful for. But you were and you were careful with your words. I noticed. In fact, um, there was one statement you said, and I thought to myself, "Uh oh, is he saying what I think he's saying?" And I was like, "Oh no, Ryan." And then I thought about it because I actually wrote it down. Um, you said you said this, and I wrote it down as I was thinking. I thought, "Oh, I get what he's saying." You said this um, because God. Let me see. See, look at this is my writing. You can see. No one else can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, because God is holy, sin can't be in in his presence, yeah. in, in the holy God's presence. Yes. Okay? Now, I've often heard that the other way. Right. And that's the way that at first that when you said it. Ho- not that sin is holy and God. <laughs> no, 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 not the other way. No. I'm messing with you. God's holy and he can't be in the presence of sin. Yes, yes. So, so the, okay. I don't know if you hear the difference there um, listening on a podcast or, or watching here. Right. Um, this is this is very important. Sin cannot. can't cannot be in the presence of, of a holy God. And that's okay, all because God is holy. So sin can't be in the presence of a holy God. Often it's said the opposite way. Yeah. I, I've we've heard this quite a bit that God, because he's holy, can't be in the presence of sin. Yeah. And and just it's it's it sounds subtle, but I think it's huge because mm-hmm. there's not a problem in God that God can't like be around sin. In fact, God has literally been around sin ever since sin happened. Yeah, the the very first time sin happened, um, he, God invites people to come out of hiding yeah. and to stop hiding from Him. Where are you? He says He invites a relationship with sinners, so He's not running from sin. But what you rightly pointed out is that when we sin, that's the very first thing that happened. Adam and Eve, they they heard God coming and they were the ones who hid. They are the ones who thought who just felt like they couldn't be in the presence of God. Yeah. And uh, and that's that's what happens all the time. It is. And I, I would argue that this is the this this is foundational to the biblical narrative. And it's what we see happening time and time again. Uh, I'll, I'll give you just two examples. Number one is Isaiah when he's mm-hmm. up in the throne room of God. Um, he says in Isaiah chapter six, he says, "Woe to me, for I am a sinful man, yes. and I live amongst a people of unclean lips, and yes. my eyes have seen the glory of the King." Right. So, the King isn't God. Isn't saying to Isaiah, "Woe to me, you're a sinful man. No. I can't be in your presence." It's the opposite. Yes. It's Isaiah saying to God, in light of who you are, I cannot stand to be in your presence mm-hmm. because of who I mm-hmm. am. Um, so that's one example. Um, I, I would I would point people to Luke chapter five, um, 
where Peter is fishing and Jesus mm-hmm. tells him, throw your nets over on this other side. He pulls in a bunch of fish and he, Peter identifies yeah. Jesus as Lord. And it says this, when Simon Peter saw it, all these fish, he fell down at Jesus's knees saying, depart from me yeah. for I'm a sinful man. Oh Lord. Yeah. Now this isn't news to Jesus that Simon Peter's no. a sinful man. No, no. Simon's Peter is, is recognizing that. And he's recognizing yep. who Jesus is. And he's saying to Jesus, oh, I can't, yeah. I can't be in your presence yeah. Yeah. because of who I am. Yeah. And, um, that I believe that that is consistently the way that this works yeah. in the scriptures. And we even see Satan himself in the book of Job, you know, yes. like, just stroll into the throne room of God. Yes. Exactly. And God doesn't like, you know, ah, I yeah, can't be, uh, I'm no, too holy. It, no, no, it's not. That's not the, that's not the story. No. And yet what sin does in people, I think about, I mean, just a little teaser for this week, or what, what God does uh, to sinful people is it starts challenging them. So like mm-hmm. this week, mm-hmm. this next week, you're going to, you're going to talk about this beautiful story of the woman at the well. Yeah. And oh, it's wait. like, it's like she confronts Jesus. It just starts spilling stuff, right? It just yeah. starts like, like she just starts opening up and pulling out the the sin, totally. which is, I think such a redemptive image there. It's, you, and like, oh man. So all this came to get for me. Yeah. Like, uh, Tuesday night. Yeah. Or actually Tuesday, I'm at run. Um, and um, because so I, I'm going to use this idea in John chapter four, verse 23, it says, uh, Jesus says, the father is seeking worshipers. Yeah. And I thought initially I, I've, I've always huh. read that John four story to be like this woman changes the subject. Yeah, right. Absolutely. She, yeah. They're talking about her love life. And yeah. then she goes, hey, by the way, yeah. um, let's talk about worship. And so they move from water. I'll give you uh-huh. living water to let's talk about your husbands, to which temple should we worship uh-huh. worship at? There, theirs or ours? And um, I actually think the whole time they're talking about worship. Interesting. So I, I huh. think that the water is a picture of our thirsts and our worship. I think her love, hmm. the the loves that she chases, She's chasing after the is wrong a picture ones. of worship. And I think that they finally bring it more into the open, what they've yeah. been talking about subtly when they start talking about temples. temples but I think the whole time, wow. whether it's water or worship or love, I think the whole time they're actually talking about worship. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. You're going to have to come this weekend. You're going to have to, to <laughs> I don't show know. up. I may uh, change my mind before Sunday, but. No, I really, I really like you that. You like that? I really like that. I mean, it it uh, it definitely hits at. I mean, man, it even it's even close to the to the Maslow, right? It, the, it is the, yeah. the, the water um, yeah. is the first way Let's we do it. Thirsts. Let's talk about our our physio- our our psychological needs, you know. Yep. Um, and and he's he's going even even beyond that. Oh, way way deeper. Ooh, yeah, way deeper. Interesting. And so, like. The, he says the father is seeking worshipers hmm. and I I would tie that I don't think I'll have time on Sunday but all the way back to in the beginning of John chapter 4 it says Jesus had to go through Samaria hmm. and I think he had to go through Samaria because he's seeking worshipers hmm. and he's seeking even outcasted women who've had five husbands and are sleeping hmm. with somebody that hmm. aren't their husband I, I think he's even seeking hmm. those types of people as worshipers yeah. which goes back to this forgiveness yeah and how how much does god forgive well he forgives to the point where that woman would be sought after yeah to be a worshiper yeah well and i just i just love that that i mean he's seeking after her and then in his presence it's not like he needs to he needs to make her feel bad no right doesn't i mean he 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 declares this is what's going on but he doesn't say you're a terrible person you you were sinning you know doesn't even need to say that it just comes out and she changes i mean it's just that's just what happens and i think in in the church we sometimes feel like we globally i mean hopefully not us personally but the church in general feels like we've got to be pointing out sin we've got to be the ones to say, no, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And yet 
replacing sin in the presence of Jesus yeah. is actually what pulls it out. Right. Oh, right. I love that. I yeah. love that. That we just need to point people to Jesus. And that's exactly what these uh four men did, right? That's right. They, they um didn't try to convince their yeah. friend of anything, although I think there's a place for persuasion and all that. I, I, they, but their goal was how do we get this this our friend to encounter Jesus? Mm. That's our, that's their goal. And I I don't know, Josh. I've I've been convinced that most I don't know about most some of my evangelistic technique is hmm. um is is isn't built around the idea that Jesus will actually reveal himself to people. Hmm. Hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, like yeah. it's it's almost making up for that in some way that I don't know if I genuinely believe that at times. Interesting. Right. So yeah. I I need to convince, I need to persuade. Let's yeah. Um evidence that demands a verdict. Oh yeah. And that nothing there's nothing wrong with that. Please yeah. don't hear me saying there's anything wrong with that. But I do think that the Western church, um, as our culture becomes more mm. and more a postmodern culture, which in a lot of ways reflects a pre-modern mm. culture. I do think that there is space there, that there's becoming more space for evangelism that takes the tone of, well, why don't we just ask Jesus to reveal himself yeah. to you this week? Yeah. And would you have your eyes open for the way that he might yeah. want to do that? Yeah. It's that, it's that come and see, come and see, come and see what, what he's doing, which, which takes the, takes some of that pressure. Cause I, I think I, now that you say, say that, I'm seeing the same thing where, um, I, you know, how many hours have I spent with all sorts of people kind of not, I, mean, I wouldn't say this, but I'm kind of trying to argue them into the kingdom. Sure. Right. Right. And I, you know, I'm showing them proof after proof and, and, you know, all sorts of ideas. And as if, as if that's a great point, as if I'm, I need to, I need to take the place of, of Jesus and prove it to them. Whereas one of our, maybe one of our best tactics is to say, Hey, come, come to where Jesus is, where she he declares to be in his people, right? Yeah. When, when two or more gathered, when we come together, right? When we come together as a church in particular, mm -hmm. um, that's where Jesus is. So come and see. Yeah. What a great invitation, man. What, that's that, and that's that where is. you left us in yeah, this. That, yeah, uh, yeah. Totally. And that that's that communal um, aspect of evangelism that mm -hmm. I think is so important. Um, that's that um, most of my evangelism and and our that even that we would teach is yep. sort of one on one type yep. of evangelism. Yep. Um, but there, I do think that there's space for an evangelistic technique that says, "Come and see." Yeah. Come and see God's body. Who He says, "This is yes. my body," um, uh, the body of Christ at work. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, and, and that's where I think we, we've taught and taken on such a individual task of that. Um, that there can be this pressure that we face and I've felt that pressure that I've got to be the one, but if evangelism really is our task, okay. And, and I have a role to play. Sure. Yeah. But not, you know, my role can be to invite Mm -hmm. which is so much easier than convince or, you know, or, or get someone to say a prayer. Right. Yeah. I mean, get all good things. I mean, that's great if, 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 if that happens and you get to, to be there for that, but maybe often our role is to come join, come see, yeah, come check this out. Well, and so mm -hmm. there's a whole movement in like disciple making movements right now about, um, that discipleship happens way before conversion. Yeah. That we we disciple people into conversion mm. rather than just discipling people after conversion. Yep. Right. So that come and see, even come and learn the way of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Maybe even come and try the way of Jesus and see what he might say to you yep. as you're living in his way with his heart. Yep. Um, which you couldn't fully do without the spirit. Right. But, mm -hmm. um, but I think you could get a, a taste enough to be wooed. Yes. By the spirit. Well, this is, and you're saying the Jesus's model, right? Cause there was these 12 guys and, and many more and women and everything, right. That followed Jesus. Um, before they would, we would call them Christians. 
Yeah. They didn't believe that yet right. that Jesus had died for their sins yeah. um, until way later, but they were called disciples and they took a long time. But we often, we often think that every conversion should look more like Paul. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's there's an amazing, beautiful story of Paul's conversion. It's kind of this instantaneous, miraculous change from a terrible sinner to a saint. Right. Like turn on a dime. It's amazing. Yeah. And we pray for that, too. Yeah. But even the amount of conversions in Scripture of people that we know their name, there's yeah. more of the slow transition which I think that's what most people end up having. Mm -hmm. and, and especially if you've grown up in this and you've been a part of the church, it's it's hard to name that one point. Yeah. But at some point, you just know you weren't a disciple here and you are now. Yeah. And you've converted here, right? It's like C.S. Lewis say, yes. you know, he start, he was driving his motorcycle to the zoo. He's, <laughs> he, he took off an atheist and when he got there he was a christian he's a Chris, totally he's, totally i was the most reluctant, reluctant convert in all of england yep uh, <laughs> no, such a great line um man that's really cool well and that, that really that was the challenge was to to invite yeah carry corner carry whatever yes, that looks whatever like whatever that is um, where that is yep whatever that and looks there's like. so many ways to do that yep um Man, well, um, hey, we're we're running on an hour. I don't know if we have time. Do we I have time? Good, and, um, ladies and gentlemen. Just really quick because hey. it does have to do with. Um, Let me just. Dun, 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 it, yeah, dun, yeah. Dun, yes. dun, dun. Need a music. Put on the, put it on the table. All right, I brought a book, and um, the reason that I want to squeeze this segment in is just in case anybody wants to pick up this book and read it before Sunday because okay. it goes along with this message and here's the book it is entitled you are what you love and it's by uh an author named james k.a smith jamie smith okay he's you are a what you love brilliant professor from michigan area um and he's really this book is really riffing off of um some of uh saint augustine's ideas and huh. uh, about our affections and the draws of our heart um and the way that what we worship um, really shapes our life. And so as we move into this week, uh, talking about we are a temple and talking about worship, um, I would highly recommend this book if you're interested. Um, it, it, I would say it's not um, an extremely difficult read, but it, it's, it, it'll challenge you mm -hmm. um, and it'll invite you into some of um, Augustine's thoughts and um he was a fairly brilliant guy yeah so, the, the spiritual power of habit yeah so he really talks about um and i, I think rightly so uh encourages people to be part of worshiping communities yeah. because he would say that that um that act of remembering and entering into the story hmm. every single week is one of the things that god uses to shape and form us and to recalibrate our hearts for worship in fact um can I wet your whistle a Come little on. bit and read you just a quote I'm going to read this weekend? All right. Here's what here's what Smith wrote. Um, let's see. He said, worship works from the top down, you might say. In worship, we don't just hmm. come to show God our devotion and give him our praise. We are called to worship because in his encounter, God remakes and molds us from the top down. Worship is the arena in which God recalibrates our hearts, reforms our desires, and rehabituates our loves. Mm. Worship isn't just something we do. Hmm. It is where God does something to us. Worship is the heart of discipleship because it is the gymnasium in which God retrains our hearts. The gymnasium. Wow. Oh, how good oh, is that's that? That's really good. Ah, uh, all right, man. That's really good. You know, uh, C.S. Lewis says, if, "If you got a kid who is is disobedient, send him to worship." So he mm. says the prayers. So he's a part mm. of it, and and it's as if he's saying, "This is where, this is where they get trained. They get yep. rehabituated. Rehabituated. That we all do." Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Now, James. Okay, so he's written. He's written other things. I know I've read yes. something. What is yeah. it? What's this? Um, what's this? 
he wrote uh, a book on Charles Taylor's oh, tome um, yeah, about secularism. Okay. Uh, he's written. I know I've written, written something. I'm sure he things. has. Um, yeah. I can't. I'm yeah. terrible at remembering. How these to not things. be secular? I think is what it's called. Okay. The only okay. Other one I oh man. Well, cool. But, well, yeah. uh, man. Thank you. He thank wrote you, a Ryan. book about um, uh, uh, which saint was it? Um, who used to sing to the birds? <laughs> um, uh, Francis. <laughs> yes, Francis did yeah. He wrote a book about Saint Francis Saint recently. Francis, really it was supposed to be really, really good. Wow, you're gonna get it these before we go off the air. I, yeah, like, I might. Let's, let's just tell people what it is. I know so now that we've mentioned that. it. Yeah, man, these people that write, you know, so many books. Um, I, you know, we're gonna see if we can. Oh, books. There we go. Um, well. On the road with St. Augustine, awaiting the king, cultural liturgies, all things hold together in Christ. Wow. Evolution and the fall. You are what you love. There you go. How not to be secular. Yeah. Man, he's written a lot. Discipleship in the present tense. I think that might be the one. There it is. Imagining the kingdom. Okay. Yeah, man. Why? This is great. Well, I think well, it's on the road with St. Augustine. On the road. Yeah. 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 That's that it. it. Okay. Well, how cool. How cool is that? Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining us on another journey and, uh, sticking with us. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, Ryan, looking yeah. forward to this weekend. So everyone have to please, please be praying and, uh, and come join us either in person or online. We'd love to see you there. It's true. We would. All, All right. right. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Bye now.